0: No matter the industry, leaders need to hold these things dear. Who we serve, how we serve, why we serve. This
1: is People Process Service, a frontline source group podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of People Process Service. As always, I'm Tyler Kern and Bill Casco sits across the room from me. Bill, good to see you, man. Hey,
0: how you doing, Tyler? Good to see you, buddy.
1: All right. I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm good. doing well. We have an awesome guest today, uh, a guy that has started a business here locally, got a chance to talk to him a little bit before the podcast, but I think this is going to be a particularly fascinating episode.
0: I think it's going to be very interesting.
1: Why don't you introduce us to our guest today?
0: TJ, uh, and, uh, now I'm going to pronounce your last name wrong. Meta. So meta. Like beta, meta. <laughs> here we go. Okay. So uh, TJ has a company called M Stone and Tile yep. and also made the Dallas uh, SMU 100 this year, which is awesome. Tell us
2: about the company. So, uh M stone just stands for Made a Stone. I really oh, didn't I okay. didn't spend very much time thinking about that when we got this. <laughs> that started. was a marketing genius yeah, move I just, there. I just love went that. For yeah. it, okay. punched right. it in a, punched it in on an automated uh logo maker. So the logo we have was automatically generated. Nice. And uh, I think we paid 20 bucks for it. Okay. And we just stuck with it. But I uh, started the company in 2012. We import natural stone pavers, flooring, uh masonry products, landscape products and uh interior wall coverings and more recently we found a lot of success in reclaimed wood from Indonesia and some vinyl products from China and then some uh, ACM some aluminum uh, some metal products as well for wall coverings.
0: So our whole show and premise is about the the three pillars and peers that we believe in, the people in the process and the service. So when you think about the people that have influenced you, or, or really, really have helped you get to where you're at, or what was it that you know you started the company? What was it that made you start the company or the idea?
2: So uh, I actually I had some family in India that was involved in quarrying and fabrication of material, and when I when I declared to my family that I was not going to pursue medicine, I, I made that declaration. They just went into scramble mode because they knew I was overconfident, was going to end up somewhere in the country doing something. That made them nervous. So they, my all my folks wanted was that I stay somewhere close, and they hoped they could still push me into law school or engineering or, or you know med school. But they connected me to these family members who had not done any business in the United States, and uh, those guys got very excited about it. My uh, my dad's youngest brother, okay, that's involved in the fabrication, and he said, hey, look, if you're if you're ready, you know, and you and you're willing to start a company and take on some product, then, you know, we're, we're ready to support you. So I had no idea what I was, I said, yeah, you know, let's go. Let's, 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 uh, uh, I said, let's make this thing happen. And I also, I was under a a glaring misconception, which is that because I assumed I had some support from this international Indian exporter. And you know, that was not the case. They couldn't help me in any way. They couldn't tell me how to import the material. How to store the material how to truck the material but there was a lot of learning on the job so you started the company in 2012 okay so actually you're... in 2011 okay i you know uh, got it incorporated so okay. on and so forth started working on a website and just kind of digesting what our options were going to be most of the product at the time was just uh, product from other distributors so these
0: people are telling you how to import the fabrication or no not really we, even telling you that. They're just saying, hey, we got this stuff we want to sell. You. They say, yeah, that's
2: <laughs> right. They said, hey, look, we, we're, we're producing this product. Europe is struggling. That was our anchor market. Europe is struggling. We, we want to sell in the United States, but the United States is very insulated. You have to be in the United States in order to sell to the United and we're States. we're talking about fabricated stone? Fabricated uh, hardscape products, okay. pavers, and, and uh, yeah, primarily hardscape. So I'm just looking
0: from the outside in here. Right. What were you thinking? I mean, you like—I mean, did you
2: have like a history of stone in your background? I I really didn't. I just woke up and were like, I got my degree in neuroscience. I don't know. (laughs) I really was under the impression that it was going to be a cozy deal that I was going to come back to Texas from college, and I don't know that my folks were going to help me or someone was going to tell me how to get the ball rolling. And I remember I showed up that first night, drove back from Ohio. I went to college in Ohio. And I uh, woke up the next day, I put a you know, shirt on, tucked it in, put a tie on. And I went to my folks, I said, hey, you know, so what are we doing here? They said, we have no, no clue what you're doing. You're, right. Apparently you started a business, so you know, figure it out. So the, I, I was in a scramble. And then there was a small amount of material that I had dispatched from India, okay. a tiny, tiny amount of material. It, in today's sales, it represents two days of sales. But back then it was a bit monumental. And uh, they'd already, they'd kind of roped me in, they shot it out. So I had that to figure out. How am I going to get a hold of this material? Where am I going to put the material? I need an office and so on and so forth. And, uh, and I had virtually no like, budget.
0: First, you need uh, uh, somebody to buy it.
2: Right. <laughs> right. So that was its own process as well. So what what
0: did you think about? I mean, how did you, did you reach out to, People, I went to you local. local or did you just literally like? No, literally, did you go down that road of the, thinking I'm going to walk into Home Depot and sell to them?
1: No,
2: Depot was a, a few few years after okay. we had our we had our uh, stuff together okay. at that point. But we, uh, I just started going to local stoneyards. I went to. I have myself visited absolutely every tile shop and stoneyard in Texas. So do you you wholesale? Is that what you we do? are uh, yeah importer and okay. a wholes and a wholesaler.
0: So you don't actually do an installation. No, or anything no, like
2: not that. getting involved in that. We've okay. learned how complex that process can be. So your first, your first customer. Tell my us
0: first, about your customer. first
2: customer. My first customer. Maybe we
0: should ask actually ask you. Tell us about your first sales call. Mm. That my first be more interesting. I my, yeah. don't know. My first
2: yeah. sales call was to a company here called Vaquero Stone. You know, I, I looked up natural stone in uh, DFW, googled it found these guys. And I said, let me go check them out. You know, and uh, I went, I spoke to him, I had some photos and he told me how wildly unprepared I was, but he could also see that he could maybe take advantage of the situation, which, which he did for about the first year and a half. And, uh, he said, Hey, if you're willing to park this material here, I would be willing to try to sell it. I said, okay, great. You know, we have, we, we got something here and that's honestly how I made it happen. The first, my first few sales i went to these it it ended up being stoneyards because these are hardscape products you need a lot of space and equipment to handle the material and i went to them i went to alliance materials over in keller they're big they've been around a long time they pump out 50 million bucks of rock every year uh to all all over fort worth so he gave me a shot as well he also told me not to show up in a suit and tie or a four-door sedan they both told me you need to get yourself a truck you Need to wear jeans, you know. This is Texas, right? Uh, this is not, you know, my you're
0: from like customs or uh, right. Border Patrol <laughs> company, no, no, they they were <laughs> yeah. they,
2: so they were very forward, they they could see. And I was not uh attempting to let anybody know that I was new or any of that, I was right, I was fabricating my age and all kinds of stuff. I right. was uh didn't want anyone to know that I'm brand new, but they could tell, yeah, and they they took advantage of the situation, they liked how the material looked. I gave basically gave it away from a price perspective. That was another lesson learned to focus on profitability. Did, eventually. did those
0: individuals end up becoming not just a, a great client, but like friends now looking back? They
2: are, Alliance remains a good customer. We've, we've just gone in such a different direction, okay. right? So they remain customers, happy customers, ones that we service conveniently, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, we've, we've shipped the retail model and the the builder model and has really become what we do today. So when
0: you think about those people that you first had that interaction with, right. how did that influence you as to where you're
2: at today? I just, uh, I, they, they helped me realize how monumental an effort it was gonna take to pull, to figure this out. Right. You know, I had a bit of a blueprint. To go and visit with them was my first indication that I needed a home base, okay. you know, and people needed to be able to touch and feel the product and we needed to be official and today you know they're both very heavily involved in family they're family-run companies uh their staff it's it's a weird term to use but they worship uh these guys because they're there they're in the weeds and again these are the guys that told me don't show up in you know uh suit and tie and silk so they're involved every single day they're the first guys in last guys out It sounds like a cliche, but they really are that way, and they command a lot of respect. Do they
0: help you or refer you to other customers? No, No, No. this is
2: not that kind of industry. As long as it's in a certain radius away from someone, then they're happy to do that. So in another state, they'd be happy to refer you, but you don't typically get referrals. But instead, it was
0: more helping you to understand the business.
2: That's right. how
0: How to be that successful.
2: And also to help me understand that it was not the right product to start the business in. It was okay. very complex. We were competing with quarries. Austin quarries are wildly productive in Texas. Right. And we were competing with brick, also, Texas is king of brick. And we were competing with manufactured stone, which is Texas' is king of manufactured stone. So that kind of helped uh, guide me away from that. So, is all of your product imported? Everything is imported. Okay. So. Yeah.
0: Not only did you have imports coming in but you obviously had logistical issues Oh, right? was it, it was a nightmare distribution and,
2: and everyone was taking advantage of it you know right. I was asking for quotes trucks that cost 400 bucks I paid 2000 for and you know I put it on a credit card that that I just knew confidently hey, I'll get the, I'll get this all sorted out right. you know so uh yeah it was it was a very intense <laughs> I uh I was renting space with a carpet in a tiny little warehouse in Haltom city with this mean little lady. She was like four foot eight. And I was going around begging these warehouses. Hey, I just need a place to park my material and, you know, I'll get you paid as I sell it and so on and so forth. And she has a tiny warehouse, a really, really small warehouse. She said, okay, yeah, you can park your material here, but there's going to be, these are going to be the rules and, uh, this is how we're going to do it. And, uh, so that was, that was a fun journey. Yeah. I don't go to Haltom city much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But you know that was she was the only one that said yes, really, because third-party warehousing is expen- it's very expensive, especially okay. since the rise of Amazon and you know online retail. Right. It's not super practical. So you're to doing
0: this on your own. When was when did you hire your first employee?
2: Uh, three years in. Okay, yeah, it took wow. three years. Yeah, I just I just did it all myself. I ran five email email, uh, email addresses. So a p a r info. Orders and samples. So if somebody called for AR. You'd put them on hold. To go I would. Them. I would put them yeah. on hold. Or what I would. What I would say is I'd get their email just say hey, I'll I'll connect you folks by email, and I would say the right. AR team and the right. AP team. Yeah, and, uh, I love that. that's looks like the best oh, story ever. That was uh, that's because you have to show well, you know, absolutely, and because uh, it's. I, a, I
0: went through the same pain. Yeah, when when I started the company, it was the exact same situation. They they almost didn't want to do business with you because they felt like you're just one person. And and the reality of it is you, you knew you could do whatever they needed to be done. They just, right. there was a comfort level for them. And and then today it's funny because, you know, you you create something and they don't really know. They don't care. They, they just want the end product. Right. I'm sure that was the same way that you were experiencing was that that's what they wanted.
2: They, they just don't have time to waste. And and in our industry, you know, flooring, uh, flooring and walls, or hardscaping, cladding, that's a one-time sale. Right. They're not. You don't come back every year to buy the new iPhone, or you know, you're not constantly updating. Once you have invested in that floor, that's you don't get to finance it. It's a major cash investment. Whether it's a backsplash, shower, it's a major cash investment. Right. Uh, time investment. So. In, in this industry, it's particularly competitive. You're not getting that backsplash a second time. Yeah. So th- it's a competitive industry. You know? So
0: as you're going through this, you're figuring out, because it doesn't sound like you jumped into it with a business model or plan. No, really.
2: I just overconfidence. Right. And some some uh, misunderstanding is about how my family was going to participate. So, So at <laughs> what point did you realize, I need to have
0: a plan as soon as I in the beginning or was it like you jumped in and then you were you were winging it and then 3 years down the road 4 years you're like no no take a step back here and we need to get a real no plan. about
2: you know as soon as the the urgency of figuring out what to do with the material it the momentum that had developed by me agreeing to do it i needed to catch up to that okay. and say okay let me get get a hold of this material uh build some connections you know uh, so i needed a customs broker I needed a trucking company. I needed to store the material. Uh, and this is all just to bring it in. And then I needed some people to help me domestically. So built that, built that network. Uh, if you, you know, when you shop around as a customer, you find people are very receptive. When you, when you go on as a potential vendor, it's not quite so simple. Yeah. But uh, I, got the, I got the material placed and we, we sold it. It sold, which was great. So we earned some money, had a little bit of liquidity, started paying some bills. And uh, I immediately went to India. I said, okay, I need to go figure out what's going on. I need to bring in more product. And uh, I realized that the economic downturn had hit these exporters so hard that everyone was willing to give me material. They said, hey, man, we haven't sold anything in three years, four years. How much do you want? Just take it and pay us when you sell it. So, because that, you know, even my uncle found him had found himself in a bit of a tough situation when he got involved with me, which I was not aware of. Again, I didn't realize that times were tough. Right. So, uh, went over there and identified some goods and said, Hey, this is what I've learned in the market. That as long as you're carrying it, you take, take on the expense of carrying the product. You can sell it. It's not a logistically efficient product. You can't be in Florida selling in, in, uh, even you can't be in South Florida and sell in North Florida for stone which is what I did for the first, probably four years of the business. So I, I, what I, I did, figured out that if you're carrying it and you make, create some awareness and you price yourself effectively, you can pick up business. So in your business, when you wholesale, you're only selling in the Texas market, or the Dallas market? No, or now we're nationwide. Okay. So I picked up my early clients in, in the DFW area, basically one or two major stone yards that were, they had enough space to say, you can park it here. And if we sell it, we'll pay you. Fortunately, the product sold. Right. It, it is great product, I will say. Right. Um, and uh, then I went to India, brought in some more material, found some success. And year three, we had uh, sufficient, you know, again, it was me running a, a lean operation, third-party warehouse. Uh, over in Haltam city, we'd, we'd upgraded to a third, a proper third party warehouse with an inventory system and this, that, and this is all happening in a very small scale. I mean, I think the most business we did by year three, the total book of business was a quarter million bucks, but that was still enough to, to function, you know, and, and have a distinct business. Um, and then I did a trade show in Las Vegas and the booth was probably half the size of, of this, uh, room. That we're in, it was a five by 10, right. 50, 50 feet. It cost me four thousand bucks, which just took the wind out of me. <laughs> and but we set up, and then we met a bunch of people in California, and they were willing to. They just they were already so uh, experienced in Indian natural stone that they just needed a, a two way. They say, mm-hmm. hey, go you know go get me this, go get me that. They didn't find much interest in what it is that I had. But they said, okay, if you're you're born and raised in the states, Indian guy, I'm having a hard time in India. If I'll tell you what I want, if you can get it for me, here's a check. So then I realized that if I could become a, that if instead of just carrying product, if I can get product selected mm-hmm. and sold in bulk directly from India, then you know I had a I had a play, and California has been very kind to us. It's twenty uh, percent of the total business. Wow, it's still California. Texas is behind. But that's because Texas has a different way of working.
0: So when you think about eight years down the road, yep. do you have your process now in place that oh, you yeah. feel is very efficient to the way that you operate?
2: It's a, it's a, it could be more efficient. I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna lie about that. Right. There's eight of us total. Uh, we have an eleven million dollar book of business, but we're, we've created, we've carved down an identity, because whenever I would travel, you know, started going to Xi'an as soon as I could afford it started going to other trade shows and just finding something distinct that I realized quickly. If I could bring something distinct to the table in an industry overrun by carp, you know, Mohawk, you know, uh, tile based out of Dallas, right. Marazzi based out of Dallas. So porcelain, uh, porcelain, carpet, vinyl, these are monster outfits with monster reach. So just give them something a little different and don't be greedy. Uh, that's, that's what I started to do. And so now everyone knows when they see. It. We just did a trade show in Vegas, and people always say, uh, "You know, we always know you're going to have something different."
0: <laughs> you know, so has the with the economy
2: changing. Right? How did that have an effect for me? For me, it was a blessing that uh, to to come into the business when things were kind of down, uh, which is obviously an opportunity for those that hold wealth. Mm-hmm. A recession meant there was a ton of investment, so on and so forth, and. Uh, And I was still naive at the point. I was coming very aggressive. I was pricing everything very low. So we were picking up business, you know, and um, it's, it's only moved upwards. And because we're so ingrained in retail and we do all this DIY uh, product and then we're based in Texas, I think we're fairly insulated in case things go down, but it's only, it's only gone up for us every
0: year. So even your. Importing fees and uh, do the tariffs have an effect on your
2: business? Right or? now, out of China, they're having a bit of an effect, but I, you know, I sell that product to Depot, Lowe's, Menards, and & and Decor, yeah. and they all accepted the price increase and they said, "Hey, you know, we'll weather the storm with you." A lot of them agree with the trade war. So if mm-hmm. you're as long as your buyer is on board with it, they're not going to make it tough for you. They have a very they have a fixed. Uh, they delivered a a program that said, "Look, if this is going to impact our product." here's the protocol. And if the product survives the price increase, if the customer is willing to bear or even notices it, then you're good. If not, then be ready to buy the product back and replace it. So so
0: you build the business and you you finally get your process in place
2: and you're understanding how you need
0: to operate and everything. But the service piece of it isn't a lot of that out of your control too, because I mean, there are things that are just well out of your control I mean it's being shipped here, right you've got to get through customs you've got it oh, logistically yeah. trucking and
2: that's how you develop value in this business so there's you know imported the, the reason someone like me has a has an opportunity in this industry is because people like to avoid dealing directly overseas. you have no recourse right. if you buy you could spend a thousand dollars or or $100 million overseas. You have no legal recourse. So, one, and it's cash business. It's 30 down and 70 when when it dispatches the Mm. source port. That's how it works Mm. in this industry and most industries that I've seen. If you're purchasing a manufactured product, so there's not much recourse. You know, you're rarely going to see Depot or any of the big outfits importing directly. They like to have an intermediary because then I'm held liable. Too much risk for them. That's to... right. It's not worth it. Right. You know, they'd rather pay the premium here, or a premium, not the premium, uh, to work with someone like myself that stands behind, you know, a time frame and quality and so on and so forth.
0: So do you find yourself today going back to some of those, I guess, the vendors that are now... You're their customer to renegotiate your rates and have you been able to to go back to now understand I've got tremendous leverage a lot smarter about the way I do business. I've
2: got a lot of leverage with the guys I'm working with because they were unique in their markets. Right. That's the reason I was working with them. So we've helped build a lot of these guys up and they kinda they'll support us. The biggest thing early on was I didn't have the funding to buy a bunch of material. But fortunately their circumstance was tough enough that they gave it to us. Right. And now we're honestly a lot of them offer their Product on consignment to us, they try, and I've offered them kind of a profit sharing deal, uh, especially when we're launching a product and right. we're just getting it out into stores and piloting
0: it. So the locations you said, warehouse here in, in the Dallas area, warehouse
2: in Dallas, Houston, uh, and up in Jersey. Okay, so that's that, where that we're. seems like kind of far away. I mean, yeah, but it's it's still the center of the world, uh, okay. New York. Uh, Is it just
0: because of the way the ports come in, or? Where, yeah, where, New, is, the, New Jersey is it coming to a port in New York or something. New Jersey
2: yeah. is the most, uh, Port Elizabeth is the mm-hmm. most advantageous port for us okay. we can get containers. We can bring in 27 tons, which you can only bring in 21 tons to Houston, Long Beach, et cetera. Um, at least in our situation. So New Jersey, we can bring in 27 tons and it gets there in 21 days and it costs a fraction of the Gulf or the West coast ports. And then there's just so much business out
0: there. I just find it fascinating to know how you would even figure that out. I mean, You'd, it's like you, there's not a book on this, is there? There's not. Yeah. But you so, just, uh, it's, it's people, book they, of ports.
2: some people, people <laughs> come to you and, and again, you start shopping these rates and uh, right. just kind of figuring it out. And people just help. I mean, yeah, it sounds like they a want lot the of them are just very helpful to you. other. Every, right? every, um, every inch that this material moves, someone is getting paid for it. So right. they have every incentive to, to help us do that efficiently and then take their slice off of it.
1: Sorry, you you studied neuroscience, right? I studied neuroscience. Yes, yeah. let's go back to that one. Yeah, way. yeah. I, sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of way, skipped way over back that. in the story. Yeah. But when did you start thinking of yourself as a as a businessman? Man, like, I do think you I, still do you even think of yourself as a businessman? You know, like when did I, that kind there's of? There's
2: no change? going back now. Yeah. So I definitely think of myself as a businessman. Oh my gosh, I just thought he's a stoner. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know, man. I uh, I um, I mean, that is crazy.
0: To go from that to this, I mean, there's such such a change. So not
1: only that, but you should tell them, like, how you, like, what you did professionally. So basically, this the reason why I brought TJ, sorry, hi, April. I just started talking (laughs) to the microphone. Sorry, I should have introduced April Melvin, No, you're totally, yes, Yes. you're totally fine. So the (laughs) reason why I asked TJ to come on, because, so he's a friend of a friend, and when I introduced, when we were introduced and I started having conversations with him, I'm like, what do you do? And he's like, well, this is what I do. And I'm like, how? And mm-hmm. he was like, well, I, I was a project manager.
2: Right. Right? So, I did, uh, so when I went to school, I went to play So football, you went to, where'd you go? Oberlin College okay. in Ohio. Okay. And I went, with the, I went with my high school sweetheart. Thought I was going to you know, marry her and this, that. And I was playing football with him. And uh, after I injured myself and stopped playing, I went on a work study. So I did start working with a contractor. I worked at the bowling alley. I worked uh, at the bowling lanes and I worked with a a commercial flooring contractor, very simple stuff. The school basically puts you in those pipelines and you know what, you know what work study is, right? right? A chunk of your salary goes towards your uh, college tuition, et cetera. Right. Right. And um, so that's actually, that's where I became aware that this could be tremendously lucrative if done effectively. Right. Because he, uh, anytime he bought vinyl, you know, he's doing 10,000 foot vinyl jobs, 70 cents, a buck a foot. And the first time he used stone on a much smaller job were paid $60,000. So that certainly gave me, again, a, the false impression because I, even today, I don't service those people directly. Right. So I'm not the one earning that, uh, that major margin in most instances, but that gave me, uh, confidence that this could be something that would work well. I, I it's just
0: fascinating when you think about studying <laughs> one thing and then a total change. And then, yeah. so
2: today your parents what are, what do they say they're thrilled man yeah. it worked okay. out yeah. you know that's yeah. the that's the thing with uh indian parents are involved they care and uh they wanted me to be a doctor and i right. my dad's a doctor he lives uh, they live in south lake uh uh-huh. mom's an immigration attorney and i just i saw him and i thought yeah why not it'll be you know be a doctor this is what uh, this is what i'm going to do until you realize 4 years of undergrad 4 more years of very expensive med school right. residency the stuff that I never paid attention to him doing. Right. You know? And I said, man, I need to, I, I just wanted to be financially productive sooner and kind of take control of life. Yeah. And I, like I said, I was overconfident, but then I was in it. You know, I think it was the, I didn't want to say that I'm going to do it and then not do it. The, yeah. My parents gave me lots of outs. They said, hey, just you go back to, you go back uh, and start studying for law school or med school and everything's good. Don't worry about it. You know, you'll be fine. we'll, we'll take care of you. I said, no, you know, I think let's just, let's just pursue this thing.
0: Of course that's after they've said, yeah, good luck. Uh, yeah, yeah, figure it out. I don't think, I
2: don't think they thought this was going to, I think they, their primary motive was to get me close to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And that first year and a half I did live with them, um, in Arlington. And, uh, then, you know, as soon as I was in a position to live independently and whatnot, I, I did that. And, So I continued to create pressures on myself, financial pressures that kind of motivated me to keep going. And then it just uh, turned into something, you know, it it took
1: shape of its own. Did, Did you find yourself in situations where the way to kind of move forward and to continue to build things, you did things that you thought, I don't, I didn't know that I knew how to do that. Or I didn't know I had that in me to kind of be, you know become this person that makes this succeed? You know, was there that, that drive there that kind of brought different aspects of your personality out that maybe you didn't know you had?
2: I, I think, uh, I don't do a ton of uh, self-evaluation, like mm-hmm. non-critical self-evaluation, but I think I had some, I had a knack to sit down and deal with people and learn yeah. about their business and just figure, you know, what, when you walk into a potential customer's office, what you have to figure out is, what can I do? bring to the table for you, right? And they like to hear that question. It has to benefit them. If they're Mm -hmm. gonna invest, you know, if they're putting in a dollar, it has to turn into more than a dollar. That's just a simple math. That's all they care about. If I spend a dollar, uh, it has to turn into more than a dollar. And in some instances, if it's a small tile shop, that dollar has to turn into $5, you know? If it's a big company, that dollar has to turn into a buck 20 reliably. Um, and now we're, you know, we're dealing with the bigger companies.
0: You know, a lot of people, when they start a company, you, you learn from your mistakes. Right. And you look back after years and think, uh, I think about Dr. Courtney Baker, who was on a few weeks ago with kids care and talking about screwing up stuff from the beginning and oh, yeah. not having a clue and all the mistakes and you learn from all of that. Is there anything that really stands out to you? I mean, I know I've, I've, I've screwed up. I still do, but oh, man. I mean, is there anything that really stood out that made a difference to you that you were able to take away and learn from that so made a much, difference today?
2: So much, yeah. uh, setting the right expectation, setting the proper expectations and being honest with, you know, my customer. So here's, here's what it is it could be anything from how much we have we have available and in our, in our in stone. It's a natural product, right. so you know range. You have to explain what the potential range could be. You don't want to you know you're selling off of a sample, oftentimes smaller than this piece of paper, and mm-hmm. now you just delivered a thousand feet of it, and it doesn't look anything like. Uh, and that's a one way sale. The moment someone's talking about coming and picking it up, you're about to lose big big bucks right. instantaneously. So it has to get there, and they have to be satisfied. Uh, so setting proper expectations with the customers so as not to disappoint them. Cause as long as they know they're, they're okay. Right. You know, as long as you're upfront and honest with
0: people. But do you find, I mean, you're in a kind of a niche market, right? right. So you, you're you from a competition side. Mm-hmm. Is your, is it a, a heavy competition or is oh, it? Oh yeah, it's okay. vicious.
2: Okay. I mean, let's just consider this wall. Right. There's paint on this wall and Sherwin-Williams probably supplied that paint and they're a $150 billion company. So. You could put on, we got carpet right here on this floor. I don't sell anything like paint or carpet. So it is a viciously competitive industry. Yeah. You know.
0: So the customer is, is it a market where the customer will turn on you quickly? That if they don't have what they expect.
2: Yeah. The customer gets what they want. There is so many options for a floor wall patio or exterior, you know, cladding. Right. From stucco, like I said, stucco paint. Uh, Then you work your way up to the manufactured products that are Exceedingly inexpensive, largely manufactured in the States. So you are, it's a, it's a niche market. You have to give the you're either convincing someone to use your product or you're capturing the attention of someone looking for something like that. Right. But it is a wildly competitive industry, but because of the logistics, the logistical limitations, it's still a small business, largely small business, local, you know, so as long as you find that guy, that's well, for me. I'm not customer facing. I'm not a point of sale guy. I just have to find the guy that has developed that, uh, that garnered that uh, reputation in their market. And as long as he's willing to carry the product, then we'll likely succeed. So you made the Dallas 100 this
0: year. Right. For the third time in a row. Third time in a row. Okay. Which is fantastic and congrats because it's not an easy thing to do. No, I appreciate that. When when you think about five years down the road, Mm -hmm. 10 years down the road, have you thought that far to think, where do you want to be and what do you want to do?
2: Five years, I think I've thought, Yeah. you know, uh, I try not to look too far forward just because I think that's, uh, it's a bit bold. That's mm-hmm. making a lot of assumptions that, that I'll be here, the, or the business will be here. So I don't usually look too far ahead, but yeah, in, in, inside five years, I, I think, uh, there's no reason we shouldn't be at least three times bigger than we are today, just at the pace that we're moving right? and our ability to fund to fund our own business. So right. we've got a lot more liquidity and support from the banks and then the trust of our customers. Right. So we're, we're at the point now where my buyers at Depot, Lowe's, Menard's, Floor & Decor, they'll give, you, they'll give you 20 stores. They'll say, okay, hey, you've got this linear footage. This is your space. You know, you know when uh, sales of a certain SKU begin to slow. So it's, it's time anyway. You're always under that pressure to replace that product. And they'll say, yeah, if you're willing to give it a shot, uh, you know, you supply the displays, you supply all the product, and then they take rebates for labor and installation and logistics. And that's the name of the game. So so,
0: so when you think about, and you were discussing that a little bit about Amazon and the warehouse costs, right. things like that. So is it important for you to have more warehouse locations across the country from a logistics standpoint to grow? or? Can you grow still with the three locations that you're operating? No,
2: from? in fact, I'm looking to I'm looking to uh, exit Houston and New Jersey, and I'm looking to condense myself here into, in and just to Dallas. So we've wow. bought we've bought our warehouse. Okay, and so we have two major streams of business. We have, uh, and we're looking to now develop the third. We've got the retail business, Re- let's call it retail and distribution. And in both of those instances, we're shipping large volumes of product direct to someone's distribution center, which does not require me to carry very much product. So I'll carry what's called emergency stock. And everyone's taking a hit on that. That's just to make sure that you have enough to satisfy that customer right. in the moment. So no one's concerned about making money, keep the customer happy. And then uh, we've got a good specification and cut to size program. So we've got our, our stone, our natural stone. In all kinds of design showrooms and builder showrooms around the country, that and it's growing. So, uh, and you know, that process is you know, Bill's building a home or remodeling his home, he wants to redo his pool, let's say, and he may select one of our stones. We'll be the guy that carries that color, that tonality, and uh, we'll say, I'm interested in this, get me a quote. I want you know, a 24 by 48 paver and some pool coping and some cobbles. We quote it out. And if everyone and do some sampling, some mock ups. And if everyone's satisfied, then that product is going to deliver direct to that port. We'll find the most cost effective way of getting it to them direct. Um, so that's those are two call it three, right? Retail. So when you're distribution, talking about that. That's like when that you go in to look to at size. stuff,
0: it's on the, the board that you're that's looking exactly at right. as an example. But like, this is
2: cut to size stone. Okay. This is cut to size. So you don't no one's having to carry very much okay. at all. And then we do have a stocking distribution program as well. We stock our product. Acme Brick has been an amazing customer of ours. We have, I, I worship that company. Right, and they're based right. out of Fort Worth. Yep, I mean, yep. If you ever have a chance to go check them out, uh, they've got a campus on Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And it's dedicated to Brick. Yep. And they're a Berkshire company now. So they, ha- they have been purchased, but they've got a lot of their people that have been there 20, 30, 40 years. And they've been a tremendous customer of ours. Anchor business. Uh, the happiest hour job, that's them. A few of the David Weekleys, you know, the townhome right. projects here, that's them. Uh, all the Blue Seal work. Uh, the we've got a, down, a hotel in downtown uh, Fort Worth, and then Burleson, Austin, Houston. They've so got so the
0: happiest hour here in in Uptown. The yeah. stone there is from you. That is our stone. That's, that's your
2: specified stone. by. So, uh, what's the name of the family? Goodness, how can I? The Blue Seal family, the Harwood family. Oh, the they're Harwood. From, yep, right, yeah, they're yep. from uh, their oil. they got the right. oil family from yep. East Texas. The Harwood, they have been the, the major investors in uptown and downtown Dallas. They have their own in-house architectural firm and specification house called Amerigo. And uh, they're also investing, by the way, in San Francisco. And Harwoods are moving quickly. Right. Uh, but they selected the product, and we sold it through Acme Brick. Wow. Yeah. it's a beautiful looking building too yeah it's great that was yeah. a big one for us in dallas yeah that was a great project for us and i sold it too cheap so yeah <laughs> that was le- that was lesson learned as well you know but
0: I, I just think about your business as being from an overhead standpoint extremely right. expensive
2: it's exceptionally expensive you yeah know, and especially
0: yeah. if you're bringing a product in through houston i guess and right. then shipping it they're still trucking it then or truck oh, yeah. rail or what what's
2: from Houston, there's no longer rail to Dallas. There's Dallas to Houston, but they will no longer rail from Houston to Dallas. So it unloads at the port. You dray it. You either dray that container directly to your warehouse or dray it to a third-party facility, transload it, they'll pull the material out, then you put it on your own truck. And that's typically what we do. But in the last few years, we've been selling this peel-and-stick. Uh, it's a DIY pile. It's, it's really what made my career made the business for us right uh so uh, a buyer at home depot saw this flexible stone product that we were trying to sell struggling to sell and said hey if you can make that diy just put put a two-sided tape behind that thing which also ended up being harder than we thought it would be but he said you know you got a real winner here and we're selling three million dollars of that product wow wow annually so what do you use that like
1: what do they use that for
2: the diy Backsplash. The, like, backsplash, backsplash, or backsplash feature wall, etc. Yeah, it's called Aspect Stone. Fifty-five hundred stores nationwide, and then we got we moved from that to Aspect Wood and Aspect Metal, and we got a new product called Aspect Collage, which is a vinyl product. So wow! Took the the moment that I picked that up, I just I've been behind that train so.
0: So I'm thinking about redoing the hardwoods in the house, and uh, I'm gonna call yeah. TJ and give him my Peeling exact stick, man. Uh, order that I need and have it drop shipped. And yeah,
2: uh, yeah no, piece you know, of cake. Be... So we have a showroom now in Dallas. We purchased okay. the warehouse uh, with uh, in partnership with Cantex Capital, good friends of mine. You you met them, Romy and uh, Super, and we uh, I've got one of my best friends with immense uh, uh, experience in the finance world, uh, AJ. He's our general manager. One of my best friends from college is our head of sales, and we've we've got a good team. So we've got a showroom now in Dallas, and it's been moving very quickly. So we're That's setting awesome. up setting up uh, displays and dealers. You know, mom and pop dealers around the state, and uh, we're working directly with builders. So we worked worked with uh, Mansfield Custom Homes on a seventeen thousand foot palace in wow. uh, Arlington recently. It was a great job. Zero inventory, just time and energy and understanding what the homeowner and designer want and getting it executed. Wow. So that's the major, major growth. What we would like to do is cement ourselves in the Texas market, and that's how we're going to insulate ourselves from ups and downs. Mm. Can
1: you just tell all the listeners uh, how old you are?
2: I'm 30 years old.
1: (laughs) And when you started it, how old were you? I was
2: 22. Yeah. So.
1: That's impressive, man. No, it's crazy. I don't care who you are. That's impressive. I, I just love it's, the
0: fact that it's like the parents were like, eh, well, here, yeah, well, good here. luck.
1: Yeah. But oh, also, yeah, you I could mean, go to med school or law yeah, school if yeah, you wanted to. You
0: can have all these, these options. But... They,
2: I was surprised, you know, because they were so involved um, up till that point. But they really did believe this. And, hey, you're 21. You're you're on your own. Yeah. That's just how the world works. They were pretty tough about it. I mean, we're here. And if you need to eat, you can eat. If you want <laughs> to right. come do laundry, do laundry. But no one's going to... I'm, we're not going to walk you into a job. Baby you along no, here, not whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. No, and they they wanted me to go to med school. They're both well educated. They they believe in the academic path. And once when, when I veered from that path, they said, "All right, you know." Well, you I'm it a it big
0: out. believer though too. You you got two strong parents, and, yeah. Uh, there's a lot that you learn from them that you don't realize. Oh, big uh, to your life, and and you're utilizing that now, and it's obviously showing. And it's an incredible story to hear. Thank you. Uh, but really, a fascinating thinking about the first few years, starting out on your own and learning it through really hard knocks. And it was,
2: and I was going to the, uh, it's funny to think about, but I, I it was, I was in the trenches, you know, we we're going to all these, uh, like I guess at Haltom city and the equivalent of that in Houston and Austin and then New York and LA and Chicago. It's just so random different areas you're in. You Those know? are the major markets. Yeah. Those are the only places that made any sense to me. I said, there's a concentration of people cause I was counting, you know, the gas money. Right. So I said, how can I hit as many people as possible? And uh, the only people that would, interestingly enough, the ones that said, hey, sure, come on by, they end up being the smallest kind of, uh, it's a parallel economy, man. There's yeah. a, These are small showrooms, they do a lot of cash business, and it's a, a dirty game down we, we
0: were just having a discussion this morning about. Our business and who we do business with. Right. And, and smaller company, the small businesses. Oh, yeah. But ADP came out with a report today and was talking about the hiring and the amount of hiring that took place last month with companies less than 500 employees. Right. And that's kind of our sweet spot because we build those relationships with those people you have a relationship with. Oh, They yeah. get to know you. They will be honest with you. They will tell you things. 100%. Everything you just talked about. Those are the ones that really uh, make you successful at the end of the day and you look yeah. back at Sometimes the larger they are, the more difficult they're actually to work with. Sure. you need them, but they're not the bread and butter for you uh they, no they, they're really the ones that you have had those relationships and you build
2: the the big the retailers have been the uh, the backbone for us yeah. in just scaling the company, but uh what we like about them is you just do the business on your dollar it's all on your dollar they're paying for the marketing right. immense amount of real estate and and they have huge teams, you know, these big retailers. I have a big appreciation for all these big companies, but it's done on the vendor's dollar. Unless yeah. you're a craftsman or a Coca-Cola or a, you right. know, a Nabisco. Do they still exist? Nabisco still exists. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I thought of Nabisco. I was just trying to touch different those industries. those household names? Right?
0: right. And because you spent a lot of money figuring out how to call this M Stone. Right. It might happen. <laughs> I don't know. No. I, I, I mean, I love the fact that it was something associated. I did the same thing. Right. Uh, our logo, it was like logos.com right. or something. Right. That's exactly That's exactly it. was like it. 49 bucks,
2: I think it yep. was. Or just something. paid for it and said, let's move on. That's just it. And then yeah.
0: later, years later, went to have it trademarked. And they're like, well, you got to make a little change on this. And so we made a few changes so we could just get it trademarked. But, right same deal. Yeah. You know, that's what you do when you're starting something and you figure it out, you make the mistakes and you fall and you get yourself back up and you, tomorrow's another day oh, and yeah. you live and learn and you move forward. And then, and then you have an opportunity to grow like you are. And the SMU Dallas 100 award is, is a big deal. And I appreciate three years that. It really is. And it says a lot and, uh, very, very interesting. The stone business to me is interesting. Stone tile. It's, it's uh, very interesting.
2: It's vicious, my friend. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I thought our business was vicious. Yeah. Who knew? And I, I bet it no is. idea. I bet it is. Yeah. But this is just a cold world out there in this industry. Yeah. And we're just we've been. I've been lucky. I will never tell anybody otherwise. You know. Now I've just been lucky. You Know it all. You've got
0: it. You got it. <laughs> I found
2: some. I found some good guys, and they yeah. walked us into what we needed to do. Mm. And now our customers kind of. But tell you know, us. it
0: does go back. You, you made other couple of comments. I mean, you be honest with your customer, yeah. Uh, whether they like it or not, And right. And we have found that being honest is the best. It, it's we're never as questioned. soon as possible. That's as right. As
2: soon as humanly possible. And they may not it like it. Right.
0: Uh, in fact, we've been fired because right. of it. it right. But that's okay. Right. Uh, no one's ever questioned us when it comes to ethics. We right. know that we're ethical in what we do, and we're going to tell you the truth. And if we get fired because of it, then that's just the way it is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would much rather do that than have. We would never lie. And
2: And I appreciate that about Texas as well. Dealing in California and Florida, New York, uh, Texas is a much more, you know, some of my first customers said, hey, my handshake to me is more important than a contract. So before you shake my hand, just make sure you mean what you say. And that's how Texas has been. These are, they really are, uh, they're not afraid and they're honest. These guys will take a loss to stand behind. what they said from contractors to builders, et cetera. I mean, they're tough. They're exceptionally tough, but they're tremendously honest. Very, very interesting. We've been ripped off in California a few times. California's a tough. I mean, we, tough we've place. all been ripped off in California. <laughs> yeah, California is <laughs> a, <California's> a weird <laughs> California is a weird place. Yeah, and Florida's even worse. Florida, I've had instances where the guy just did a company no longer existed. I just delivered two trucks and the company, the website's gone. They can't can't find them. I was like, whoa, I got duped. Yeah. This was a it happens. Yeah, yeah. That's uh-huh. why there was
1: that Florida man challenge on social media a couple of years back. Do y'all remember that? I don't. Where you type in uh, Florida man and then your birthday and just see what crazy story has happened on your no, birthday man, that a Florida guy you. has oh gosh. done. gosh. That was uh that was a wild time. Well, we got we Florida. got duped years ago by a, a
0: company when cupcakes were big and they were coming in and opening up a cupcake bunch of stores. Shops and- yeah, we got totally duped and Hired a bunch of people from us. And and then we found out they were doing it to multiple agencies at the same time. It was just a scam. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, you live and learn from that. It's
2: crazy how industrious people can be with these scams. They really, how much time and energy and
0: and
2: resources that
0: they, they would just spend it on coming up with an idea like this. Something. I mean,
2: we had a dumpster, an industrial dumpster provided by the city stolen when we were remodeling the warehouse. And I, we had it all on camera, and these guys show up in three uh, F-350s, duallys, really nice trucks. They had tools. They came out efficiently, chopped it up, and hauled it off. And I said, "Man, you, if you'd left your card with me, I'd probably hire you for some work." <laughs> How well they stole that dumpster!
1: Why would they steal a dumpster?
2: I think you can get. A, I believe you. Can, I asked a cop the same question. He said, you can, you, "There's money in the the metal. There's money in there's melting all the it down." Business melting it down and yeah they stole a big industrial dumpster and wow it was on the city had given it to us to use while we remodeled so uh, so
0: uh (laughs) last question your your family members that you were buying from in india right they're all happy now with you they love you they're they're the greatest things are going well yeah they're all good yeah and And you're working them over on their price
2: now no you know i don't try to bug anybody about uh i'm not a super hard negotiator unless the business demands everyone getting more competitive i i found that keeping as many people involved happy as possible is, uh,
0: is the right way to do it. You're a good man.
2: Yeah, That's
1: it's a, that's a yeah, perfect answer. It is. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's just a, you're a good man. Yeah. Oh, I this appreciate fun that.
1: Fun, yeah. uh, fun podcast for sure. Uh, I really enjoyed hearing how you went from oh gosh, what am I doing? You know, and yeah. just figuring it out. It's incredible.
2: Website for people to visit. mstone.us.com right. Mstone us.com yeah. Simple. Super. We simple couldn't simple. get mstone.com That's a much larger. You're going to have to change the name. Yeah. 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 That's a company called the Materials Marketing. They're they're big fish. Mm. So they are big fish. Out of the mm. U. S. Yeah, they're big fish. This out of the U. S. <laughs> uh,
1: all right. DJ yeah. Maida, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, appreciate yeah, thanks thanks it very much. I thank you. It. Great story. And as always, we'll be back with more episodes of People Process Service. But until then, Bill, thanks for uh, thanks for being here, man. Thanks,
0: Tyler. We'll talk to you guys soon.